Hey folks, it's Jeremy Kirkland. You're listening to Blamo. Another week, another pod. But hang in there, folks. It's getting cold out there. And there's nothing to look forward to holiday-wise, but um, sunshine, I guess. I don't know. But at least you got the post-holiday sales going. Anyone going nuts? Every year I find myself throwing a bunch of stuff in my cart only to be like, <laughs> every year, that's such a lie, every week, but only to be like, wait a second, I already own something like this. I mean, unless it's outerwear. Your boy loves a good coat, a jacket. I need the layers, people, the layers. But speaking of the layers, and many layers there are, they all belong to my guest this week, Andreas Larsen, creative director and partner of Berg & Berg, a brand that, I mean, they just seem to nail it with everything they do. Really, really love that brand right now. But yes, the layers. Okay. So we recorded this the other week in Florence, Italy at PT. And uh, by the way, if you want to hear a PT recap, I did a solo pod on the Patreon, so check that out. But I never formally met Andreas before this pod. I love first impressions because his was quiet. It was confident. It's relaxed. You know, when you meet someone who's into clothing, you're always asking yourself, like, are they nerding out with what I'm wearing as much as I am with theirs? And the answer is almost always no, (laughs) because no one cares as much as you do. But man, Andreas, he was just cool. Like I could have hung out with him all day. His style was amazing, but he speaks with just a ton of patience and wisdom. Really cool dude. We discussed the Nordic perspective on clothing, why he walked away from football for fashion, building Bergenberg, getting fits off a pity, throwing clothes in the Disney vault, and why he's able to get dressed so fast every day. Let's dive in. Okay, you can demystify this for me. I think every country likes other countries' military stuff better than their own. Because I have the Swedish military wool cargo pants. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I think so. But, but I think in general, uh, I mean, you have another like connection to things that you, you haven't uh, like seen closely yourself. Or, um, I mean, uh, like talking to your parents about the style they hate the wide cuts uh, while we love it because we have another perspective because we didn't wear wide uh, fits ourselves earlier. Yeah. Uh, well, they think still think that like slim fit. That's that's uh, how to do it. It's uh, that's amazing. That's got to be a Swedish thing though because I feel like adults in the states, or at least with my parents, clothes and how they looked was never. It never. It was always an afterthought. Not that they like looked like shit. I mean, I want to be clear, but. You know, it sounds like there's a bit of perspective where, I mean, you're actually having a discussion on how clothes should fit with your parents. Yeah, but it's, I think that's uh, Swedes are trying to stay up to date and uh, be conscious about what they were. But uh, like my parents are still like, ah, is, is this nice? And uh, like my, my dad is all like, ah, uh, he's so happy when I give him some old stuff. And then he goes to work and says, ah, my son uh, is a designer and he styled me. <laughs> Fuck me! I, 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 don't give don't give me a mention for that because I didn't make, make that combination. Or uh, <laughs> I mean, that jacket with those trousers? No, no, no. Wait, wait so wait, what do your folks do? No, like regular jobs. My my dad works at the school now, and uh, my mom works at the dentist. So uh, okay, like uh, regular regular uh, works. So growing up, there was no you know th- this isn't some age old tale where my father gave me my first jacket when I was ten. Yeah, so I always <laughs> been loving tailoring. No, <laughs> uh, but honestly, I don't know. I I always like. Um, like like to try to find my own path. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's been football or 
soccer uh, or if it's been uh, like clothing uh, i mean just trying to figure out what i like uh, not really caring about if it's this or that uh, and and I, i'm from the north in sweden mm-hmm. which is uh, where what, what city in the uh, north sundsvall I heard it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's, it's more or less uh, in the middle of the country, but it's uh, like uh, classified as as the north. Um, so it's like uh, 400 kilometers from Stockholm. Okay. Um, but it's like quite a stigma. I mean, if you if you're in the textile industry or like design, I mean, that's not uh, not even possible. It's not uh, like a real job. Maybe working in, in a retailer, but I mean, I wouldn't even guess that you could do work as a like creative director what's that yeah for me like okay either i become a lawyer or like a football player that's uh okay that, that was my world okay uh, and look at me now that's <laughs> well i mean it looks at you now yeah you're, you're pretty you're pretty successful no, 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 i mean opposite i mean i'm not a lawyer i'm not uh not a football player <laughs> well yeah the, the creative director though that's up there um so yeah so i mean how did this stuff happen because you know at least for me Right. I first saw Bergenberg. Well, I mean, I'll go back even further. I think Sweden and Nordic culture and Scandinavian culture has always been for like the past decade, the most um, welcoming and I would say kind of like leading the the whole new vibe of younger guys wearing suits, tailored clothing, having a strong opinion on it, being okay with every influence from Italian to English to, you know, but then also doing it in their own way. Um, and, you know, I mean, I went to, uh, to Stockholm once and everybody there looked amazing. Now I've talked to other people from Stockholm and they're like, yeah, but that's Stockholm. But it was just like, you know, th- yeah, there was and such also a strong... Stockholm, if you, I, I guess you walk like the Nybogatan, which is like the, the main street on the, like, uh, yeah, the yeah. finest <laughs> area where, I mean, and that's like worst case, uh, people were like, uh. Uh, low cut trouser, but still in a, in a, in a quite nice uh, fabric, and then like a Patagonia vest. I mean, yeah, that's like worst case. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, and then there was like acne, which obviously is still a brand, you know, but that was like earth shattering to so many people. They were like, yeah. "Wow, like, and this is out of Sweden," and at least you know, bizarro, arrogant New Yorker, American stuff. I mean, people were just fascinated by it. And now, in my opinion, I think Scandinavian culture in Sweden has really kind of led the way of this new era of dressing into which you don't have to be, I'm air quote, like a menswear nerd to wear clothes that fit or to have good combinations or to, you know, this like newer sort of earth tone. Because it wasn't like Laura Piana and it wasn't like rich guy culture. It was, you could wear this stuff and still go have a drink or you could wear this stuff and be a person who's a runner or an ath- you know whatever that is and like that like kind of I for me and I think a lot of other people they were really shocked by it and and even now I don't think people realize it until they're kind of having this revisionist history moment and they wish they're like oh yeah a lot of that actually was from Sweden and Scandinavia yeah but I think we have so many uh, options that I mean even the uh, guys that doesn't really matter about like clothing in that way. They're still like the lowest level is quite uh, quite good because you have so many options in in brands and stores. Uh, uh, so, so I think like it's it's quite hard to, to dress really bad. <laughs> I mean, in that case, you should be like okay, not 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 buying and uh, I don't know. Um, 
trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Well, in vintage culture too, like you had mentioned Broadway and Sons yeah. before we started recording. And, you know, for a lot of people, they were like, I mean, that's that's one of the best vintage shops in the world. I mean, and it's... Yeah, and I think, I mean, they have been in, in the business for a long run. And now yeah. with, the, with the Sons um, working there now, it's even uh, tighter and uh, even better selection. Uh, but I mean, I, that's also like to have a curated vintage store rather than like just a lot of uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what you're paying a bit extra for. Yeah, uh, that they have made this selection for you and telling you this is what will look good, uh, rather than like thrifting and like trying to like find something in a pile of uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so let's jump back. So you grew up in the north. The jobs for you, you were saying it's either like lawyer or athlete yeah it I mean, sounds like you were you did the athlete thing for a bit though, yeah right? yeah tried uh, but but that's also when you're young and naive and you you have like no idea of what you're gonna do and uh, you know you like football you're okay at it and then like okay this is what i'm gonna do and then you realize okay i might be able to play at some sort of see my professional level but i mean uh, I have friends doing that, but like like professional. But I mean, you can't uh, live on that money for forever. I mean, if you're not super super right. good. Uh, and then I started thinking, okay, should I put this much effort? I mean, at its worst, I train like twelve times a week. Uh, and for what sake to become a like mid level football player in Sweden? I mean, uh, I mean that sounds 20, pretty good to me. Twenty eighth uh, best league in Europe or something. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, and then started thinking, okay, what what do I want to do? And um, maybe I want to focus more on school instead of like uh, putting that uh, hours into into football training. Um, so I I, uh, I more or less quit, and uh, then I actually I, I um, applied for for school in Stockholm, uh, which was uh, the Royal School of Technology. Ooh, I thought, Royal. Okay. Yeah, the Royal School of Technology. Uh, I thought this uh, this would be great. Uh, like five years, it's uh, great education. Uh, my parents will be proud of me and uh, whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, one week. Fuck me, this is boring. <laughs> this is so boring. Yeah. Should I do this for five years? Ouch. No way. Yeah. Uh, like okay, after a few days, I'm like, I'm not going back. Uh, and then I had to. Start thinking. Okay, should I move back to to Sundsvall? Uh, that would be a shame more for for me, my parents, my uh, the, to tell that to my friends. Um, but uh, then I'm like, okay, what do I actually like? Like, I like football, but I don't want to do it. Uh, and I like uh, clothing. Uh, I okay, like, so where did that come in? No, like the the, the last year at um, in, in school, all been like, I went to some like thrift shopping and uh, also like buying uh, some uh, mid-level suits and, uh, and I started to, to become uh, interested in, in that sort of stuff, but not on a, on a high level. Uh, Were you like looking at pictures on the internet? Was it like, oh, I, I saw yeah, actually, Steve we had, we had, No, we actually had one guy at, um, at school. Uh, his name was uh, Herman Byström, uh, which was quite, quite big on Tumblr. Okay. Uh, like Satorial Doctrine or something. Uh, yep, okay. I'm, I know if that you recall. Um, so he actually went like one class uh, over me and uh, I think that's what I didn't dress like him but still some sort of influence that you could do something else than big logo prints and uh, at that time it was a lot of like oh this is Tiger of Sweden this is Akne this is uh, right. this or that so the interest was more like 
you know, uh, buying into quality was not buying into quality, it was buying into brands. Uh, but I mean, that started it all, I think. Uh, and then I had... Uh, yeah, so so when I went down to, to Stockholm, I was like, okay, I have to figure something out. Um, and then I had something in my mind that uh, a friend's dad worked as CEO at this uh, the company Tiger Sweden. Yeah, yeah, uh, very familiar. And took that from a like a, a sleeping company to to something real big. And I'm like, oh, maybe you could do this for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm like, yeah, but. Not like I, I'm going from uh, a few days at the uh, Royal School of Technology and then uh, uh, working as a CEO. Uh, it's quite a quite a jump. Uh, so like, okay, I I have to apply for some uh, some uh, like sales clerk's job. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, one week later, I started work uh, at a small company, and after that, it was quite a quick uh, journey to like working with uh, like mid-level uh, red-to-wear tailoring uh, at a Swedish company named uh, Oscar Jacobson okay. uh, where I stayed for quite a long time uh, both as a, like, a trainee during my, my studies and um, also working like extra in a store uh, so and that was like after like six months or something I was like okay but this is quite nice but I don't want to standing in the, in the shop for, for all my life mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm like oh maybe I could do something out of this And but do I have to move to I don't know Italy or where do you study fashion? Right. Uh, want to be? A, do I want to be a designer? No, I don't want to be a designer. I can't draw. Or, you know, yeah, I had no idea of how to make this uh, interest uh, fit in in like a grown ups uh, world uh, with a, like a real air quote uh, real job. Right. How, how to put it into work? Um, and then I. Uh, Find out that we had a, a quite a good school in, on the west coast in in Borås, uh, which is like uh, the Swedish uh, Biella or uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which, good analogy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> known for their textile industry and um, uh, yeah. So, so you went to school for this? Yeah, so when I went to school for to study um, study textile and textile development. Um, so that's uh, more or less the background. So what what sort of stuff? I mean, because I I think everyone knows what textile development is, but if you ask them to explain it, they would say, "Well, it's developing textiles." Like, wh- what were the things that you learned <laughs> that's there? That's correct. <laughs> well, like, what were the things that you learned there that you know made sense? But but, but, it, but it's everything from like uh, the standards in uh, in garment making to like you know. One of the the first uh, things we did was to have a course where we made like a child trouser, and it's not like uh, I can make a pair of trousers now, but it's uh, a lot of like getting uh, understanding of uh, what uh, goes into a garment, uh, mm. everything from uh, you know warping the machines uh, when you're weaving until washing and. Um, Cutting, sewing, uh, to have like the, the understanding and knowledge uh, of everything. So you weren't like, oh, I was just a guy who was a fan of Tumblr and I found some cool fits and I worked at a job and then I just copied those fits and now I, and then I told everyone I was a creative director. Like this is, there was training in this. There was. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like but... a lot of people, sometimes they want to be humble and they want to act like they fell into it. And I think more people don't realize that a lot of the people that where they're at, there was a lot of work into it. It was not an in, act. In yeah, but in some ways, uh, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, as I said before, when I was 15, it wasn't like, oh, I, I want to become a creative director at uh, yeah, but who uh, knows Scandinavian what doing uh, fashion brand. No, no. I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, 
I'll still go to space one day. I'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, in some way, I mean, uh, you stumble across things. Uh, and uh, I mean, you, you never know. But uh, I mean, uh, of course, I, I was like, I, I took the direction myself, of course, with with school and uh, studies in uh, both both Boros uh, and um, I, I was staying in Torino for uh, like seven months. Uh, oh wow! Okay, so you also, came over to Italy. Yeah, um, at the um, Politecnico uh, di Torino, uh, which is like also like a a bit of technical university, but also with a with a bit of uh, textile. Did you have to learn Italian? Um, that that would have been the best, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's, at the same time, I uh, actually I, I talked to some. Uh, I, I had some connections uh, through my work with uh, Vital Barberis. Uh, so Wait, like, pump the brakes. What do you mean your work with VBC? No, so actually, uh, since I was uh, working at uh, the, the Swedish company, um, I, I don't know how it happened, but I, I was like, come on, let me work at the headquarters. Uh, I do it for free. And they're like, yeah, we don't know if we have... Uh, capacity for it I'm like come on I could get if I could get some clothes and I just uh, could work two uh, two days a week or something uh, when I'm not studying okay and they're like okay okay Let, let's do it um and then I went to as the headquarters was in, in the town where I was studying and they also had a uh, office in Stockholm and I happened to be there like two times uh when Andrea Perino uh, that used to work for um VBC went there for some uh, like training with them yeah uh so he thought that I, I was like a, a, a real professional so when I reached out to him I'm like um you know I'm going to to Italy and I would like to maybe be a trainee or just visit a factory or something uh, would that be fine because I would be staying in uh, Torino which is uh, very close to Biella and I'm like yeah I don't understand do you want a friend to come to visit the store because you have this real job so why should you go and be like a trainee at VBC like no 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 I, I, this is not my work I'm just <laughs> I'm just here <laughs> right uh, and then like, okay, let's figure something out. And then I went there like uh, once or twice a week during that, those uh, seven months. And I watched all the steps in the production and uh, traveled with him uh, through Europe, uh, visiting uh, clients. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. That's also something that, I mean, there's one thing to be interested in and apply for things. and But uh, I've been trying to like, okay, what can I do to, to get more knowledge? Uh, go a bit deeper, go a bit faster, um, rather than like applying for this internship after my studies. I try to like do it while I've been studying because I'm like very like... Uh, driven. Yeah, I'm not driven, but, but like to do it for real. When, when I'm done, uh, when I was done with school, my plan was like, okay, then I start to work for real because I had a lot of friends working for like uh, bigger fashion companies uh, like Acne or... Um, at that time, uh, Alexander Wang, and they uh, worked for like six months for nothing as an intern, like moving to New York, living their dream, uh, air quote. <laughs> he air quoted that, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they, they had like $1,000 a month. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's illegal now. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay, so two things. I think of what the stuff that is that, you know, that you were doing, this is very much your like willingness into existence. I mean, there is a ton of drive that's happening through here. And I, I mean, it's it's totally great that you're communicating this because I think, again, so many people are like, well, you know, I kind of did this and I was into it and it just, you know, and it worked out where it was like, this is 
it sounds like this is way more of a plan. Yeah, in some way, but, but I think for me, it's never been like a natural path that I would do this. So because well, it didn't I, exist. No, exactly. It wasn't like in in my um, my view of the world. It was like uh, not even possible to 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 work in in fashion. I mean, what are your folks saying throughout all this? I mean, were you kind of relaying? The no, plan? they were quite happy since I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> but I think in the beginning, like, oh come on, uh, what will just be a lawyer? What will our friends say <laughs> about our? Textile, our fashion son. Oh, I mean, no. uh, uh, in the north, it's quite uh, problematic. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, a young guy he used to play football, and now it's in the fashion. What's uh, what's cracking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I did some research on you, and you were, you know, you kind of belittled the football career, but there was some stuff going on there. He shakes his head. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> okay, that's all right. We can move on. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> so so you do VBC, you're working at these other shops, you you live in Italy for a bit, yep. obviously you come back to Sweden, and where does stuff fall into where you're getting like the CD level? Yeah, but everything has been quite organically uh, for, for me. I mean, uh, I was applying for um, not that many uh, jobs, I maybe applied for like uh, five uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to five companies and uh, not really like companies that uh, had anything uh, that they searched for I was like okay where um, where do I want to be what do I want to do and I had like um, yeah let's say five or six company and uh, companies and then I um, just reached out uh, and said this is me uh, this is the name your own job sort of application right yeah and uh, I was like uh, I don't know much but I have a big willingness to learn more uh, and uh, hopefully I'm like a unpolished diamond uh, that you want to be like help out and uh, I will help you out in the future um, and I even if you're young and naive I thought that okay I, I have a big drive and uh, I think in, in a s- quite small environment, uh, I can do a lot of different things. Um, and th- th- that's also like uh, when you're at th- that age and not, I didn't study like fashion design or um, or just garment technology. I, I mean, my education background is quite uh, wide within the like uh, textile uh, field. Uh, but that's so, great now. Yeah, I mean, it's great, you say but that still, you at one, but at one point you're not there. Mm, Jack of all trades, but master of none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm specialized in nothing. No, but uh, so I, I try to see myself like a Swiss armor knife or whatever. And, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And try to have that approach. And uh, and still, I mean, still, it's uh, it's the same. I'm I'm maybe not the best on uh, drawing fat lace, uh, but I ca- I can do it. And um, I mean, that's. Uh, but that I think that is more important now than it is being, especially now where I think we're we're in an era where there is no, unless in like a very traditional stuff from like medical and legal, right, where it helps to be extremely specialized in one vertical to where now the advantage is knowing enough about everything that you can communicate in the language, you know, for lack of a better term, of what each person needs. You know, going to a design team and referencing how the tech pack needs to be is one thing, but then also being able to style that, being able to, I mean, that's, I think that's a far greater skill set. Yeah, and I think it's quite quite cool that, I mean, uh, our design team is uh, more or less, uh, or the whole 
whole creative team is one person. There is a, a lot Great. of a lot of different hats during the day, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's still uh, not uh, having to like call someone. To, could you make these small adjustments? Okay, let's do it myself. Or um, I mean, it's it's good enough. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting too, because it sounds like you're really good at selling yourself to yourself, but there was some hesitancy. <laughs> There's no option. And <laughs> selling yourself to someone else. Yeah. Because you were like, yeah, I just did this. I did this. And then you're like, well, and then I reached out to these folks and I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of good. I could do this. <laughs> no, no, but what I think what's always been important for me, because uh, when you talk uh, with a lot of friends, uh, since I, I, most of my friends are not in like in the in the classic menswear business, most friends are working for like big fashion houses, uh, both in Sweden and uh, and uh, outside, both in US and whatever. And uh, I think it's too often I hear that people are like, ah, I should have gotten this job, I should have uh, got this chance, but it's not really like they're really trying to get that chance or like. Right. Right. Okay. And waiting for people to give them uh, things. I mean, you uh, and that might be since this wasn't really like a, a, a clear path for me. But to um, to understand that you have to do things to get things done or to to get things, you you have to like ask for it. There uh, it is. Yeah, and it's uh, super clear when when you say it out loud, of course. And it's uh, but it's. It's not that people are doing that. And I think that's, uh, come on, it's up to yourself and to to take care of your life instead of, okay, 10 years after, ah, it's a shame that I didn't get the chance. Okay, so now we're getting into some Freudian shit, which is good. And so, well, no, I think that's really important. There's this generational divide into which, how dare you ask for something? You need to be humble, but... Yeah, but what's the worst case scenario? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, so uh, a friend of mine's dad, he was a psychiatrist, but he, you know, he was very kind of like half Mr. Rogers. But looking back on him now, the guy was so ahead of his time and he would always, we would do things and he'd be like, oh, well, the mistake is not asking. The mistake is not asking. And now, especially, you know, and I think of this obviously selfishly from my own perspective as like someone who's self-employed, someone who tries to do other things. You know, the difference in me getting work and not getting work from someone is literally asking to where, you know, the other night I was at dinner and I was talking to someone. They're like, yeah, we should do a project. And I'm like, yeah, we should do a project. And they're like, yeah, let's do a project. And then I finally was like, this is what I want to do. Could I do A, B, C, and D? And could you pay me this for it? And they were like, oh yeah, that'll work. And I'm like, oh, I just had to ask. Should have asked for more. <laughs> I know. Well, that, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, that, that's the, the old preacher's kid doesn't know how to sell himself thing. So yeah. But, <laughs> but I think that's super, super important because on the other side, you know, people will talk about like Gen Z or whatever. And they're like, they just, they ask for everything. They ask for everything. And it's like, well, every generation is a whiplash of the previous. And so when you have, you know, the baby boomers who are like, don't ask for anything, just work hard and maybe you'll earn it. Then there's like kind of ours, which is this smack in between to where it's like, okay, you need to do that, but you still need to have the skill set to back it up. I can't ask to be a creative director when they say, cool, could you explain some of this stuff? And I'm like, well, hold on, let me Google it. (laughs) No, no. But I think uh, what you mentioned is also something that's a bit problematic. I mean, uh, my generation born in the in the early nineties, uh, there's a lot of people like saying, "Oh, I have a big drive. I wanna uh, roll up my my sleeves and uh, and dig deep." Uh, and then when okay, this is the workload. I'm like, nah, I wanna. <laughs> 
I want to make some sketches and, and a mood board. And I mean, mood board. There we go. <laughs> yeah. You're no, like, this is 10 pictures of Steve McQueen. What else do you have? <laughs> and, and I mean, that, that, that's the thing uh, going into Bergenberg. I, I didn't know that much, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, more than uh, like uh, what I learned in, uh, in school and uh, like the, the interest and uh, in the early years of, uh, of Instagram. Uh, so I had to deliver. I mean, I, uh, I understood that, okay, if I want to deliver, uh, I, I won't do this for a long time. Right. Uh, and it's up to me um, to do it and do it as well as possible. But now when you meet some some young guys, I, I'm like, come on. Don't don't say that you love it and you would love to work with it, but you don't really deliver. Mm. But I, I I can't talk like this. I'm 30. It sounds like I'm... No, I mean, fifty age is age is so irrelevant. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, I think the life experience you have is more important, yeah. and and the and obviously the work ethic. I mean, and I say that for people who ask me for advice or people who think you're too old or too young for something. Um, I mean, I'm 37 and looking fresh. <laughs> no, no, not that. Just like. <laughs> I think there's still so much I have to learn, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't realize that like, oh, I have, you know, all this experience, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm aware of this and this. And, and, and some of it's like the American Midwestern thing of like not having an ego, but also being like, no, 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 like confidence and ego get, get mixed up quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's something I, I talk uh, a lot with both my, my family and friends that a lot of uh, those guys are like, Ah, uh, but you, you got this chance because you have a big ego and uh, you're so self-confident and whatever. Like, it's uh, more or less uh, trying to be honest about yourself. And okay, I know this, and I don't know that. Then I have to learn the things I don't know uh, and try to be clear uh, on 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 like on the view on yourself. Because uh, ego is just could be blown up and uh, like a misleading uh, picture of yourself. Yeah, someone was saying, I, I don't take credit for this, but someone was saying, like, ego is I deserve it and confidence is I can learn it. Yeah, yeah but, I, but yeah, but, but I say, I think it uh, gets mixed up and uh, also like trying to, to, to make, uh, make it for yourself is not like, ah, oh, such an ego guy. He doesn't care about others. I mean, like, <laughs> you could care about others, but still care about yourself. And I, I always been saying that, like, to be able to love uh, someone else, you really have to love yourself. Oh, that's and a to RuPaul be com- com- comf- confident in yourself. Uh, Do you know who RuPaul is? <laughs> the greatest, the greatest drag queen in the history of the world. RuPaul is a genius, and there's a TV show called Drag Race. Okay, and Dead Series. I think it's one of the greatest television shows in history, and it is a drag competition. Okay, cool. Um, it's blown up over the past like decade, but the end of every episode, RuPaul says, "If you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love anyone else?" And then he says, "Can I get an amen?" <laughs> but that rings true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but like go, going back to 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 like the start of everything, it it was not like ah. Oh. I applied for a job as a creative director. I mean, that, that, I mean, who would I have been? I'm like 23 and uh, LinkedIn, one click. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Going from from a sales clerk to to a creative director. So like every work I, I was applying for was more or less okay. I want to do this uh, like uh, development assistant, assistant, assistance thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I. I mean, the first description of the of the of the job and my my title was not creative director, like creative something. Uh, and okay. then I worked into it, and uh, you know, after a few years, becoming a partner in the company, and now like um, running the business as equal uh, partners, uh, me and the founders, Karin and Matthias. 
which is um, r- really, really nice. I mean, that journey from being someone trying to not getting uh, fired to be like a part of uh, a family company is quite uh, quite nice. Yeah, so when did you get into Bergenberg? Probably 2016. Okay. Um, and uh, as I said before, uh, that was one of uh, a couple of companies that I thought would be a good match. I didn't know like the size of the company, uh, but I, I understood that it's it's not big and it's uh, its potential uh, to to grow is quite nice. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's something I could uh, like follow um, and try to develop uh, within the company. But maybe I thought it was ten persons, and but it was Karin Matthias no. and one guy at, at the warehouse uh, at that time, um, and. Uh, um, they were really like, oh, okay, you have an interesting uh, background both with uh, with uh, football, <laughs> yeah, f- with the football playing. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, your uh, two days at the Royal School of Technology could be really uh, good for us. You could set up our internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, you know, with school and uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the days I spent to Vital Barbers was at, at my resume. It's the best ever. Uh, what what would you I think, mean if you had to summarize what you learned at VBC? What was the most important thing? I think uh, what goes into like uh, the weave and to really uh, now it sounds like I'm working for uh, for the weaver, but uh, they listen I mean, to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's actually it's it's the main um, ingredients for uh, a good garment is like what goes into the to, to the fabric. I yeah. mean that's nothing you can cheat on, uh, and how many steps everything from uh, like uh, going to the facility. Where they um, shaved uh, the sheep and washed uh, washed uh, the wool and everything. Uh, so many steps and uh, overviewing everything and uh, the quality control. And I mean, when you understand uh, all those steps, I, I actually question how it could be. I mean, even nice uh, fabrics could be. Uh, air quote that cheap right because uh, it, it's so much work so many people uh, and then it's like okay 25 euros meter right I mean yeah. well there's amortization that's built into some of that but yeah but at the same time yeah I agree okay and I'll, I'll literally gas you up here so I'm wearing one of the Ben sweaters right now yeah. while we're talking and I've been a junkie of clothes for eons now and and this is a thing that we can get into in a minute but it's like I had, I'd seen this stuff before like the Bergenberg lookbook and and just like seeing what you guys have been doing, seeing your stuff, how you guys put together looks. It was always great and I was interested in it, but it's very, very difficult to digitally sell the feel of a garment. And I remember getting one of the sweaters and this was a few years ago and I got it and I felt it and I was like, whoa. I mean, because it's it's not, I mean, you have like a little, this is like a cashmere blend yep. on, the, on the sweater here and correct me on any of the stuff if I'm getting it wrong. But I like, I got it and I felt it and it felt like the Cuccinelli stuff I have or the Laura Piano stuff I have. But because, you know, it, it's also, it felt like a little bit more rugged. It didn't feel as precious. Not that those things are bad at all. There's no shots against it, but it was just like, I can wear this right now and whatever I'm doing in jeans or this, like this doesn't have to be my my special occasion sweater or that. And I'm not only of, wearing it for Pituomo, it's yeah, exactly, <laughs> also right? life. Yeah. I mean, this is like, okay, it's fine if my child, you know, spits up on me when I'm wearing this. Like I can live a life in this garment. And I think that's a really, really hard thing to do. And I know that's gotta be an uphill battle for some brands that are selling to aspirational customers where people, you know, like people like me that when I remember getting one of 
my first suits, I was too scared to wear it. I had spent and saved so long for this suit and I wore it like once or twice. And I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta protect it. I can't mess it up. But all of the stuff that I've gotten from you guys, I felt like I could just put it on and wear it and then just, and, and not really have to pay attention to it in a good way. Yeah, but I think in, in general, I, I'm quite against, um, you know, people, I, I've been there myself, uh, you know, buying stuff that are so precious for you that you don't want to wear it. I mean, it could also be like stuff in your home if it's uh, like... Know, a nice uh, wine glass or something and then you can't uh, uh, you, you want to put, put it on the table when you have a dinner because you're so afraid to to if your guest would dest- destroy it or whatever yeah you put the plastic on the couch yeah exactly <laughs> in that case don't buy it I mean uh, and that's all like going uh, like this sort of no this garment is an investment oh I mean, there it is <laughs> investment come on <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you buy a Birkin bag or whatever, it could be an investment. But I mean, a, a sweater, even if it's a Cuccinelli or whatever, it's not an investment. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, some people say, oh, no, you're investing in yourself or whatever. But it's like, no, I mean, I- I'm not the person who will buy clothes and then like flip it later, you know, or something like, you know, I want, that's mine now. It's not going to be anyone else. I might give it away, right? I mean, that, but that's a whole other story. But, but uh, that's also like developing and developing taste, I think, uh, for me has been, uh, and I guess the same for you been following like the, the path of life um becoming a father like uh, more or less uh, four years ago now you have it's one kid or two kids w- one kid um okay. but i mean that changed a lot of of your uh, viewing points in life uh, of course but also like how you how, how you wear stuff and uh, mm. and uh, as i said not being too conscious about okay could i have this when i i leave at the kindergarten or <laughs> No, maybe I get a stain. I, I will go home afterwards and dress, uh, redress or whatever. I mean, it's just, uh, it's clothing and it should be nice, but it should also be wearable and washable. Uh, Bingo. Yeah. And also, I think the memories you get from stuff make them more special. And I'm, I'm realizing that more now. Like when I was younger, I, w- I learned this from my mom. Like when I was younger, <laughs> I was a little, I was like a little shit, but I was ticked off at my brother and I wrote his name on this dresser that my parents had bought. Like a, a very nice, like solid wood dresser. Yeah. And I was like, you know, my, fuck my brother. This is so stupid. And I wrote Sean. And my mom was like, Sean, why did you write your name on this? And he was like, I didn't. And, you know, and obviously my mom figured out it was me. Da, da. And my, my mom told me, she was like, that's one of my favorite things. I ruined that yeah. dresser. But to her, she was like, you, you made it, you, you, made, you know, now there's a memory of when her dumb kid was trying to like have fun. And, you know, and funny enough, karma or whatever you want to say, <laughs> my five-year-old wrote her name on my Eames chair. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> But it was, I mean, obviously I, I like washed it off and figured all that stuff out. But I was like, no, no, no. I'm like having, having stuff and having things happen to it makes it more special. You know, and I'm not saying like go buy clothes and then let your kid just like throw up on it. But it's just like it, it makes it more, it's not as precious. It's mine. There's a story attached to it. It's Yeah, but, but as, as always, you have to be able to like uh, think uh, about two different things at the same time. I mean, it's not being... Uh... I mean, as said, like throwing stuff uh, in the paper bin just uh, because of or uh, I think to to actually, okay, you res- like respect the, the work going into the garment. Yes. But at yeah. the same time, you respect your life in one way to actually, okay, 
I bought this sweater. I want to wear it. This is my life. Instead of like, okay, I buy it. It's an investment, but I will only wear it for the weekends. <laughs> Man, come on. During the weekends, you're also with your family. So you won't wear it. And I mean, right. that's a really, really bad investment. <laughs> yeah, that touche. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so with Bergenberg stuff, can you talk to me a little bit more about your like approach to styling? Because I think a lot of the, you know, people would look at it and be like, oh, it's very Nordic. Yeah. You know, what what makes something Nordic? Uh, I think in in general, what uh, what we try to do is like, of course, to um, to make sort of classic garments, but to make it uh, fit into a, both a modern and also like a Nordic uh, yeah, style and for for us, that's uh, in general. It's more rather removing uh, one garment or uh, one. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're wearing a, a suit, you maybe remove the the handkerchief or or the tie just to like try to make it less complicated uh, and uh, not too confused. Because I mean, um, like that's also going back to to pity. I don't know, seven years ago, you know, with the the whole triangle of uh, like a, a hat. Uh, a tie and uh, a handkerchief it's like it's too much it's too busy uh, mm. and in general uh, I think that uh, what we try to do to keep it quite simple but without getting too boring uh, and that's always like uh, that's a design principle right I mean it's like DRAMs and stuff in terms of reduce reduce yeah but the balance is um, it's quite hard I said yeah. I mean t- Try to not make it boring, but still quite simple in one way uh, and clean. Uh, okay, so I'm going to use an example here, like that I'm seeing from you right now. So right now you have a crew neck sweater, you have a uh, like a military piece uh, on top, but you have no collared shirt underneath your sweater. Nope. Can you explain why you did that? And you might be like, "What the fuck?" Like that doesn't even matter. But I mean, I think that's the point. Like there was a re- reduction here, right? Yeah, but to keep it uh, quite clean, and I mean. Uh... Still, uh, I mean, the balance instead of wearing sneakers for this, uh, like wearing a pair of uh, pennies. Uh, just yeah, because you're wearing you're wearing penny loafers. Yeah, uh, no, but I think it's always about the balance and uh, not too too much of anything. Uh, I mean, I can't even recall. I mean, like styling wise, uh, if we've been using like a pair of Oxfords for anything. I mean, it's always like even if it's a dressed up suit, it's uh, with loafers or keeping keeping it more semi casual uh, mm-hmm. rather than. Uh, formal see my maybe see my formal but um, uh, not making it too I mean dead serious in one way so uh, where did you learn that mindset do you think you that it just you kind of came into that or I think that's um, Moses since uh, I mean that's my approach and my approach in life and the life I'm living and uh, uh, I mean th- there's difference um, for me since I, I like sh- shows this myself to, to work in in the, the more classic field in in, in fashion rather than the, like a, a high fashion brand and that's uh, I, I mean with um, with styling is all like I'm I'm choosing to to wear this stuff it's not like I have a job where I have to wear a suit uh, and I don't, don't want to look like I'm working at a bank but I still want to look formal mm. so it's um, it's that balance I think uh, too and also meeting people that w- work at the, those kind of uh, companies or in, in in those industries it's I mean you could blend into both worlds uh, both uh, with your fashion friends uh, right and also with your banking friends <laughs> yeah 
No, that, that's a really good point. I, I feel like that's something, especially now, as you know, someone who's been into fashion stuff for a long time, where it's like trying to find a way to also have your own identity in what you're doing. You know, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, so many people learn how to dress from the internet, good and bad, right? Where they're like, oh, I want to look like Steve McQueen. I'm just going to wear what he wore. Exactly. And now I am, now I have style. But where there's, you know, for you, it sounds like the style is based off of things that you're learning, but also knowing the environment that you want to keep yourself in yeah I mean there's no right or wrong answer no so, I but yeah no but I, I think everything is about uh, understanding uh, I mean your um, I mean both uh, your own life but also for I mean knowing your customers because I mean there's a quite a big difference uh, of what I want to I mean, now since I'm such a big part of the company, of course, it's my style and the company style is quite similar, but it's not always like uh, everything I style in the lookbook is absolutely what I would wear myself, mm. both because of my complex, since I'm pale and um, yeah, I used to be a ginger, now I'm quite bald. Uh, but I mean... You're not quite bald, you just have <laughs> short hair. That's okay. I'm bald. Yeah, yeah but it's coming, it's coming up. Um, but I mean, uh, I think um, that, that the, to, to be aware of that uh, difference to, to like, okay, um, what I was going for was the fact that to, to style things for yourself and for, for the brand is all the different stuff uh, to like give the brand a purpose and, uh, and what I, I mean, in general, you try new stuff on yourself and then you see, oh, does this work or not? Usually not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, okay, that's not for the lookbook. Uh, but I mean, all looks can't be for yourself, and you can't only do stuff that you love yourself. And when you talk to to some friends, oh, I should do this and you should do that. I'm like, yeah, that's super nice. But can we sell hundreds uh, of that uh, sort of coat or with there that it pattern? Is. I mean, you have to be have a viewing point where you see my commercial. You, you can I mean, we're not doing bespoke. We're doing ready to wear. Uh, we're catering to like eighty countries. Uh, we have to be general in in some way uh, and not again not not boring and not uh, safe, but not. Uh, trying too much either and uh, and to be com too complex uh, just to like ah oh, we have to do something interesting because because why well okay now do, don't you think that because of that mindset which is very different you know and I'll use this as an example so to pick on the Ben sweater which I just say it because I love it so much um, how many colors are you offering right now on the site uh, I already know uh, no it's just four four. Yeah. So now in an era of something for everyone, customizing everything, you know, you look at, say, another brand, you know, we, we don't have to call anyone out, but like they might have 16. Yeah, I, I have a, a friend that uh, had a description of, of, of another company that was uh, um, they're like catering uh, all for uh, all. Which, you know, and I think like that's a thing, right? And everyone's like, well, we're, there's something for everyone. There's something for everyone. And it sounds like for you guys, you're there is something for everyone, but you guys are not trying to be everything for everyone. No, but that, that's also something um, that has changed uh, during the, the the last couple of years, and that's also to understand the difference. Also, being a, a online company, since we're only selling online, uh, and we if we would have a physical store, we had a salesperson that would really like try to un give people understanding of why to choose uh, a sort of a color for your. Or complex or whatever mm -hmm. uh, that would be um, different uh, but now it's also to be 
to be quite clear uh, to to get customers to understand both uh, the the styling and the brand. Uh, you have to be quite quite pointy uh, and not give too many options. I think because um, f- for me, I mean, uh, if I look into my wardrobe, it's I think it's harder when I have like uh, twenty sweaters in twenty different colors uh, compared right. to when I like now is like navy and uh, charcoal and uh, brown. They're like three different colors and that's all I wear. And right. of course, different sweaters. But uh, I mean, to keep it simple and wearable and uh, most of our stuff is uh, like meant to be able to to style uh, with each other uh, rather than, okay, that's a nice sweater, but you can't uh, mix it with anything else. Just like too much of a showpiece, let's say. Because uh, it's really nice with those companies that make sort of a bang products, but it's um, it's not that commercial. Uh, for me, it doesn't uh, ring a bell. Uh, I think it's more interesting to, to make that sort of stuff that people uh, will wear like two days a week or three days a week rather than something they wear once and then like, ah, oh, I can't wear this purple sweater because people will uh, think about me wearing it the last time or... yeah. Well, but also you have, you know, last year you did have a red sweater. Yeah, but I'm... Yeah. And this year you retired it. And I, and so I, I have that red yeah. sweater and yeah. I love that red sweater, but like there's... And I think that's the thing, like, you know, I look at the stuff that you guys do and it's like you guys uh, have your stuff with like a Disney vault, you know? And you're like, red's gone. It's over. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> it's, uh, it's only me to blame. Uh, no, it's great. In, in one way, uh, maybe it's... Uh, Okay, this is might be a bit more boring, but um, you, you, that, that's the thing. Um, you can't like cater all for everyone always. I mean, also to create sort of interest for that sort of um, those products. I mean, if you're always uh, offering. Uh, colorful stuff it's it that's nothing extra but if you offer it once in a while when uh, well and it fit that palette and yeah, the exactly. stuff you're doing for the season yeah uh, and yeah. then it's also something extra and it uh, it uh, it adds some some value to, to the collection um but if it's always uh at least for us with the like uh, the, the Scandinavian influence and um, our uh, like um, our reviewing point of uh, of the look that wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be right I think because uh, then it would be less Scandinavian let's say yeah I mean and I think that's that's super important and that's you know I mean if I could like the biggest thing to take away and try to communicate to other people that I'm always saying is like stop trying to be everything for everyone you know and just I think so many people there they want to capture every sale or they want to do that you know hearing some brands be like you know we may not be the brand for you i'm like oh that's kind of refreshing yeah and that's also something to to realize i mean uh it's you know when you talk to friends not working in the industry and they're like ah oh, but uh, you're too posh for uh, for me or whatever I'm like, really yeah but i mean the, the day thing i mean if you have a let's say a regular job as a consultant where you don't need to wear anything dressed up i mean yeah uh, wearing our double pleated trousers and a blazer that might be too much uh, and I try to not like push them into buying my stuff because or our stuff because uh, uh, as I said it's it's not for, for all uh, and uh, you have to respect that uh, people have a different uh, both interest and also like uh, no no I mean I yeah, I mean you're 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 good. I mean I'm not trying to put you on a hamster wheel here. No, yeah. but, but 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 the fact that you have different. Um, uh, as I said, both like interest and uh, and the fact that um, to push people into stuff in general is not uh, <laughs> that nice. And uh, I mean, uh, um, to, to um, 
and do stuff because someone else think it's nice. That's uh, that's not the the way to do it. Um, I mean. Yeah, so you when you when you guys are doing collections, you're not like, hey, what are the trends that we need to follow right now? Like you guys aren't all of a sudden going to make giant hoodies and put Bergenberg on the logo or on the hoodie everywhere. We'll actually do hoodies this spring. So. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the Balenciaga. No, 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 of course. Um, nobody. That That's also like a big difference working with uh, a more... Um, like a, a part of the business where it's uh, a bit slower, let's say. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not shifting that uh, that much from season to season, to be honest. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel every season and, uh, oh, look at this new amazing blazer with uh, pockets on the back or whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we're trying to refine stuff from season to season uh, rather than like trying to do something new just to do something new. Because, I mean, if we have a great round neck, why should we change it? I mean, yeah. there's uh, there's no meaning to it. And if you do that as well, I think uh, there's um, there's a risk that you know customers that bought it last season are like feeling a bit bad about, let's say, your band sweater. Okay, but isn't that this round like uh, that nice? Uh, I, I I I liked it, but now they changed, so probably I have to get a new one. And well, and shifting I, too much too fast. It's uh, yeah, yeah. And I think also being an online only retailer, there are brands that I've bought, and the next season they changed how stuff fits. Like, and so as a as an online consumer who you know I don't have the luxury of going to the the store or going to the showroom or whatever that is to get this stuff, knowing that it fits the same. I bought a medium in your sweater last season. I bought a medium in the sweater this season. As far as I'm aware, they fit the same. And like, that's huge because especially for menswear, you're like, I know that's my fit. That's my size. So the next season, you don't even need to worry about it. It's just, you know, return customers over and over and over again. Yeah, but I, and uh, what you're talking about is, is so important for us. And that's, uh, I mean, um, that's what I said before as well. I mean, uh, doing an online business is completely different from a physical retailer. Uh, you have uh, different uh, knowledge, of course, and uh, you have to think about different things. Uh, and for us, so what's been maybe the most successful um, like pieces in our uh, collection every season is the trousers, which is quite... Trousers uh, are great. Thanks. Uh, but I mean, uh, in general, for me at least, before we started to do the trousers, I thought buying trousers online is so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... For me, at least, it's more difficult to find a pair of trousers fitting well uh, than like a blazer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the waist... Uh, the rise and yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but for us, I mean, when, when you find something that you're happy about, you're, you're returning and you're reordering. Uh, and what you're saying about, uh, you know, medium not being a medium, that, that's like typical brands moving fast and moving to a new factory without... Um, I have no experience from the brand myself, but, uh, you know, maybe a lack of quality control to, to like double check that everything is the same uh, as it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's also like the fashion business going so, so, so um, rapidly that, okay, we have to release it. Okay, the, the size might uh, differ a bit, but uh, what to do? It, the production is done. Uh, and for us, that's, I mean, price-wise, it would have been better for us to to flip um, factories to to get better prices uh, for every trouser. But at the same time, staying in the same factory make uh, make the the trousers being consistent and fit. Um, and for us, being a small team with 
uh, we like a small possibility to make quality control on everything. We have to work really close to the, with our factories to and like we see our um, our factories more like a part of the company or our partners uh, mm. since we're working close with every development, uh, quality control, everything. So um, I think for us that's been like uh, one of the most successful things to 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 rather like work a bit slower. Uh, in that uh, sort of like uh, shift of factories and uh, developments and rather to push it to okay let's make the change next season if if we're not super happy about it or we can't guarantee that it's uh, really well okay let's do it next season right right uh, and that's all I mean it uh, would have been one thing if uh, I said it more if it would have been a bigger change in between season as well but I mean, to make that uh, one centimeter adjustment uh, on the rise might be better to la- land the balance really well instead of just do it um, because of. Right. Uh, that might be uh, the fact in some uh, some fashion brands where you have to make a change just to come come up with something new. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the dangers in, of all brands to where it's like you need new. And I mean, I feel like that's a very American thing into which there has to be something, unless you are trying to explain something new, you shouldn't be talking at all. And and, and so... Yeah, but I don't know, like the, the, the purpose to speak and always trying yeah. to find a purpose to speak. And I... I don't know. Uh, and with all the bus everywhere, it's like, you, you should you always have something new to say when you speak? I don't get it. It's like uh, talking with your wife. Should you always come up with something new? I mean, that's not life. Yeah. <laughs> always trying to be funny or, or, or that's what I'm doing uh, at home. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, life is, life is boring sometimes. And uh, <laughs> uh, come on, that's uh, reality. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, how long does it take you to get dressed in the morning? I'm I'm really quick. I'm I mean the, the, the <laughs> no, but, but, but we got to leave this edit in. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's quite fun because uh, when you talk to guys and uh, both interviews um, in magazines and, and pods, it's all like, no, so I prepare myself uh, the the night before and uh, I put it all together and uh, yeah. For me, it's more or less, okay, what are I going to do today? Okay, let's grab something from the wardrobe. Um, so it's it's very quick. It's uh, it's 15 minutes? Are you kidding? It's more like two two minutes. Really? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Damn like, it. I mean, going here as well, it's more like, okay, let's uh, throw some stuff into the bag. And uh, uh, Did you just drop did you just drop the fact that you packed for pity by throwing stuff into the bag? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> this is over. We're done. <laughs> Thank you for today. No, but I mean, in, in general, I try to not um, think too much about uh, the stuff I'm wearing and uh, and to be like too conscious about stuff. Like it is what it is. And uh, also, you know, in, in general, to like to dress up for, I mean, uh, some people say that you should dress up for, for others, but uh, dress up for yourself. What what makes you feel good and uh, what tick your boxes uh, rather than do it to, to someone else. Uh, I mean, when you're wearing the classic stuff, it's not like uh, my wife is amazed by a suit and tie look or like uh, the super high-waisted trousers. That's not uh, uh, how to make her super happy. I mean, uh, she's more happy when I'm wearing a, a nice pair of trousers and or maybe a pair of denims and, uh, and a t-shirt. Um, Flex. 
Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> that's no, that straight I mean, from I, the gym. Yeah. No, I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, well, on one side, my wife is like the best person at keeping me humble on stuff, and to which she'll be like, "Wait, you're gonna wear that?" But to her credit, um, I've also worn everything since we've been married. I used to wear a skirt. Um, I've worn all sorts of stuff. Only, only only now have I really kind of gotten into just not you know not trying to care as much. And even you know, it's funny because you had said like, "Oh, for pity," you know, I just threw some stuff in a bag and I came out here. For me, I literally did this and this, I'm admitting this publicly here. I laid my clothes out on the floor. I laid them in like silhouettes to be like, okay, like, does this go with this? If I'm going to wear this jacket, will these jeans fit with it? Is this going to be different from what I wore this day to this day? And I say that to admit to the fact that like, I am still working on the confidence of just being like, no, the truth is no one cares what I'm, what I'm wearing here. Uh, Everyone that I've wanted to see, they just want to see me. They don't want to see what what shoes I'm wearing or what jeans I'm wearing. They were just like, you know, I mean, and the best example is I got off the plane when I got here and I was wearing like a hoodie and like an old, uh, like an old chore coat, like an old Oshkosh and no one cared. People were like, Hey, Jeremy, good to see you. Where's the photographer? <laughs> I know. Right. And, and so I'm, I mean, I say this lovingly and, and admirably where like, I, I'm, I'm trying to get more to that thing. One, to have less options, but two, to just be like, look, I'm just going to grab whatever is in my wardrobe and, and that's it. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that w- was not really what I meant either. I mean, I mean, let's say I, I, I don't have that many options. I, I try to keep ah, uh, the, the wardrobe, uh, the wardrobe quite uh, clean, and because uh, when you're into this, you you have to like, of course, try the the new stuff uh, once in a while, and but it's like one in one out, just to keep it simple uh, in the, in the wardrobe. So uh, what do you do with clothes when you're done with it? You just give it away? I, yeah, usually for for family. Uh, so you're I, lacing out the fam. But but the thing is, I mean, the family and my father need, needs new stuff to to, to stay in uh, in good shape. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and also, I mean, like reselling it would be crazy. I mean, <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I think going back back to all like this styling thing for myself, it's also. I think one of uh, my strengths in general is that uh, one, I'm not uh, really that stressful about things like going to Florence. Like, okay, it's it's a nice event. I will we meet suppliers and uh, whatsoever. It's not like going here to get uh, a nice picture outside the um, the Fortessa. I mean, that's yeah. w- what I did when I I was wearing my green Casentino uh, seven years ago. <laughs> so that's uh, I I done, done that myself. Uh, but new Andreas, uh, new Andreas. <laughs> uh, no, but but over the years, I mean, also becoming a bit, let's say, air quote, uh, a bit more mature. Uh, it's also stop caring about what other people think of both about me in general because I'm quite uh, confident that I'm good at some stuff and uh, not that good at uh, quite a lot of stuff as well uh, and like not trying too much uh, if it's uh, work or it's clothes I mean try trying it's I mean Style-wise, you can see, you can see it. You can see through it. I mean, people trying so hard uh, oh, here. Yes, trust me. Uh, There's a I, bunch of guys dressed like Indiana Jones outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> and in general, I think people should do what they like. Uh, if it's uh, I don't know, playing bobbling or bowling, or uh, if it's uh, dressing like um, like a freak show. If if, if you like <laughs> it, do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's not you. That, that's fair. That's fair. Um, who would be a 
non-fashion, like whether an actor or musician or whatever, that you would say influenced you? Uh, you're talking about st- style-wise or like in, in life in general or... Whatever, however you want to answer it. I think uh, for me, it might, might sound boring, but I mean... Uh, for me, uh, one of my biggest Im- inspiration has been my my grandpa. Uh, not in the in the textile field at all. He's been uh, like uh, uh, driving a, a a tractor. Hell yeah! Uh, but always been working hard. Um, very loving and uh, taking care of the family and uh, like really so, like a family first guy. Uh, even if he's been working hard, staying away for weeks for work. Always like um, when he's when he's been there, is there. And I think that's something to uh, to keep in keep in mind when you have a family uh, and you also try to have a career and that balance to both when you're at work to actually work and when you're at home you try to stay off uh, the phone sometimes and uh when i'm i talk with my wife about that like to spend like 10 pure minutes with my son playing on the floor for him that's like something uh something special and he will really 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 set a prize on that and because some days you're like oh you're so tired i just staying in the couch after work uh, or you're sitting on the floor with the phone and then you realize why just be here be, be, be here be with him and because he, he will uh, be so happy about it and when he's happy i will be happy and yeah <laughs> super boring <laughs> no it's not it's really beautiful uh, and it's it's something i think i mean i definitely am convicted of like i was getting a little emotional hearing that where i probably am not the best at that you no. know like i i i love my kids more than anything but sometimes i'm so terrified of um of not being able to 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 help them and i'll i'll work and then i realize that the point is to be there you know in my head i'm like no 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 i got to work for you but in this but in the same time like my kid doesn't care if you know like he he like, he, he cares they care about uh being being with you, spending time with you, uh, you I being get pre- pre- present. Uh, yeah, and also I think it's always hard when you're traveling uh, for work, for example. So, <laughs> so this time actually, I, I brought uh, when, when we're playing in you know, like a, a big garage where we <laughs> drive the cars, uh, and I, ha- I have my favorite car from Cars, uh, number forty-three. So actually, I brought this car now to 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 Pitti. So I'm I have it in my, in my coat. So I, I'm taking photos with it. <laughs> Around the city, has to also make him uh, a bit present on the trip uh, and send pictures to my wife. Then so that shows uh, shows it to him. Uh, also, since I mean, ah, also getting a bit emotional. But since you're longing home, and uh, I mean, it's the same for him. But still, that he, he keeps in mind that I'm thinking about him, uh, and not only that's not only something you say. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. That's that's really that's great. I uh, I didn't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have. I tried to FaceTime my kid. She's sick. My son's sick. The, the second I left, my uh, wife was like, and by you're the staying way. up at the uh, until two at yeah. the uh, dealers. <laughs> She's not listening to this. Um, yeah, I mean, the second I left, my wife texted me and she was like, hey, both kids are sick. And I was like, um, I love you. <laughs> have but, fun. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you said is, I mean, it's beautiful, but I think that is the most important thing. Yeah, you know? but, but but I have to be honest, it's not like I'm always present. I'm also like up in my mind and, uh, you know, but that's human. not focused. But, but in mm-hmm. general, try to have that like, uh, 
if that's the standard that you at least you, you that's what you're trying to um, that that's an effort to, to to try to be present and then it might be four days a week yeah but four days a week that's let's say if it's only like those 10 minutes four days a week that, that for him that's much much better than never <laughs> yeah no you're, you're, uh, you're right and uh, everything is about like starting to do it so if you do it one day that's might be a struggle i mean it's same as uh, as working out i mean it's always like uh, to put the clothing on that's that's the hard part and to do it the day after it's also hard but it's not as hard and then day three it's like you're doing it without thinking about it yeah um it's, everything is getting uh, some sort of routines is your you said working out is that part of your routine um yeah because yeah. i mean you posted some some pics of you running and stuff yeah d- yeah but it's uh, in general i try to avoid that because i think uh, i make people sick uh and uh, i mean that's something for myself i'm not doing it for some i mean for others sure yeah i love working out so everything from running to the gym i do some hot yoga uh, oh, okay. um, so yeah more or less like five days a week uh sometimes it's four some days some weeks it's uh more or less every day uh, but i think for me the, the only thing i mean when when i if i want to think clear the best thing for me is to to like work out really hard like run as fast as i can for 40 minutes or whatever to like get clear in my head and um to like focus uh focus my mind uh because i mean there's so much impressions everywhere with uh you know when you're sitting with the computer it's uh the phone it's um something else it's uh working from home it's a dishwasher it's the (laughs) yeah i mean i and i i for working out and stuff, I've I've now done it so consistently that like the habit exists to where even even when I was here, like this morning I woke up and I was doing my little like in hotel room workout where, you know, the stretches and then the the you know, what all the different sort of things in here to where it's like I can't really function now because I've been working out so consistently over and over again to where there's this habit. And it's like, okay, now I can start my day. Like now I feel like I have a clear head. Yeah, same for me. Uh, like taking a run this morning, I think that's like the the, the best way of like uh, both like a reset from the day before uh, and also like uh, to start off the day and, um, and feel, I mean, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but to feel, uh, it, it gives a good feeling. I mean, both working out and for me also to know that ah, today at lunch I will work out. I've, for me, that's... Um, oh, wow, work make out at lunch, happen. big time. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it could be lunch, it could be evening, and uh, as 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 we said, when you have the routine on it, it's like it feels more strange when you're not training. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. And when you get that far, that's quite uh, quite nice. And it's uh, like talking about work, or uh, as we talked about with with, uh, with the kids and being focused. Everything is about do, do doing it and start doing it. Because uh, when you're not working out, it's like you're trying to like figure out reasons not to work out. Oh yeah, I've done that. Uh, and same like uh, with the kids. Oh, I can't uh, I can't uh, play now because I have to answer this email. Or uh, <laughs> I mean you. Does it really matter if you answer now or in two hours? That's true. Uh, and the, the same with working out. Because so, some periods you're so tired. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this as, as this morning, I, you get more energy out of it. So it's just putting the, the garments on and then, you, then it's, uh, it, you're all good. Yeah. Um, That's great. Well, Andreas... 
Huge, huge pleasure. Love chatting with you. Before we wrap, though, is there anything you want to add or mention that I didn't ask you about or I didn't? Were you like, yo, I wanted to tell you that we made the new Bergenberg machine. The new Bergenberg uh, <laughs> space... Uh, now I no. will go to space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, check, check, check the site out. No, but, but in, um, in general, I, I think uh, like... Don't take uh, take everything too dead serious, but still be uh, be proud of what you do. And I think that's um, for me being in this industry has been quite interesting uh, going to this sort of fairs because there's a lot of people um, like doing this as a hobby. Or you know, I used to have this sort of big company, and then uh, I got a lot of money, and then I turned into fashion because I love fashion. Mm. But uh, I, I guess the same for you to be like. This is uh, and and um, connecting to like the, the football thing uh, that we mentioned before. I, I, I'm telling my friend that uh, actually works as football players, like professional football players. That I'm a, a professional fashion guy. <laughs> it's quite quite crazy to be able to to actually work with your uh, with your passion and uh, like earn money from it and be able to to pay really really high energy bills <laughs> um, for for something that. I would have spent time on, even if I would have been a lawyer or a football player. Right. Um, yeah, that always is is good perspective where I have friends that I view them as wildly successful or wealthy or whatever it is. And they're texting me, asking me like, you know, we're, we're like, I have my own imposter syndrome. But, you know, I was talking to my friend earlier who's like an actor or whatever. And, and for me, I view him as like super successful and we'll chat. And for him, he views me as like, I'm living the dream, you know? And it's just like trying to have that perspective uh, has helped me be a little bit more confident and okay with whatever the situation is, whether I'm freaking out over getting paid or you know whatever that is. Yeah, but uh, once again, it's like uh, about about finding the balance. I mean, if if you have like uh, a work day where eighty percent is quite fun and twenty percent is a burden, I mean that's quite okay because yeah, uh, most people are not that into what they are doing and it's like really a job and I mean uh, I'm quite happy that I don't uh, have to count the hours I work uh, I mean some days it's uh, six hours some days it's 12 hours yeah uh, but I, 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 it's not like something I really care about it's uh, getting the, the work done and uh, it's not a burden when it's 12 hours and I don't feel bad about the six hour day right I right. mean it's yeah yeah well that's great well thank you thank you again for coming on uh, it was a pleasure and uh, we'll have to do this again soon thank you all right take care You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal and our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, do all the deals and stuff you do when you like things. You can follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. And if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash Blamo where we have tons of exclusive episodes and our amazing Slack community. Oh, and did I mention we have exclusive shows now? From the Triple J Show to Blamo Presents Derek Guy, it's all in there. Get in there. 